How's it going? Welcome to the 105 Way Podcast. I'm your host, JL. And your co-host, Patricia. And on today's episode, we will be doing Publishing Tips Mix number three. And so just as a recap, Publishing Tips is where we go to our author advice page and we pick two topics that either are just popular Google searches or things that we know will be beneficial um, as far as a new author and, and current author, but primarily a new author who is looking for advice. And so on these episodes, uh, Patricia will pick random topics. And so we will kind of just um, freestyle and, and go off of uh, whatever she selects. So what do you got for us today for our first topic? So our first topic is about royalties. Um, I selected this one because lately we have been getting some questions around royalties, whether that's um, based off of where you're putting your book or just royalties in general. So we can go ahead and start talking about that. So uh, Jason, I'll let you take the lead. Um, Let's tell our listeners first, what are royalties if they don't know? And some common things that they should know about royalties. So think of royalties as the income that comes from selling your book. Okay. Um, For the most part, when you put your book on a platform, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, there is a percentage that you get of the sales. Right. Amazon gets their cut. Barnes and Noble gets their cut. Apple Books gets their cut. Whoever gets their cut and you get the remainder. So what this remainder is called is your royalties from the sales. Right. And so when you're thinking about royalties, you want to keep in mind one, how much are other books in your genre going for? Okay. So if you have a children's book, for example, on average, a a lot of children's books are priced anywhere between $10 and and $15 for the most part. And it won't be just an even $15. It'll be $14.99. It'll be $12.99. And so authors will take into consideration, for example, when using Amazon, the percentage that Amazon gets, how much it costs to print, and then Overall, it'll have a breakdown, and you'll see this when you upload your book as well. It'll have a breakdown of what you get after all is said and done after that $12.99. Another aspect of royalties that you want to keep in mind, and that is if you do not go with us, is you want to look at what percentage of royalties your publisher is getting, okay? So if you are traditionally publishing, which is the only time you should ever be sharing any sort of royalties, and what most people don't realize is in those cases, most authors are getting anywhere from as low as 10, 15% to maybe as much as 20%, rarely 25% of their royalties um, when going with a traditional publisher. And so when it comes to that, you want to think to yourself, okay, Going with this company, I understand that I get this percentage, but they obviously love my book to take me on enough. And so if my book is 
$10, for example, they say, hey, I think we should sell your book at $10. You know that you're going to be getting around $2 of that book. Okay. The reason why I say only traditional publishing companies, because I stress about this all the time, is that any company that is telling you that you not only have to pay, but then they also get a percentage of your royalties, you need to run like the plague. Here's the way I like to put it. Paying a publishing company and then sharing your royalties is like owning a house. Let's say you own a house and the contractor comes in, they redo the kitchen, they redo the basement, and then you need a new roof. So they add a new roof. After everything is said and done, those new repairs now have added value to your home. So when you go to sell it, those are highlighting, you know, those are highlights uh, of what is fantastic about your home. So you've already paid the contractors. Now it's time to sell your home. When you go to sell your home, all of a sudden you get a letter from the contractor and it says, hey, Mr. Smith, I see you sold your home. Because your house increased in value by this much, it's only right that I get a percentage of what you sold your home for. Makes no sense, right? Right. Absolutely no sense. The contractor got paid on the front end. You benefit later on. It's your house. Contractor's done. When our authors pay us to do, and it could be everything, from editing, formatting, ISBN, uh, uh, barcode, book cover design, illustrations, you name it. When we still help our authors sell their books and market their books, they keep their royalties. At no point in time do they ever share their royalties. It makes no sense for any author. And I learned this the hard way. That's how I started 105 because I went w with one of those companies who I had to pay around $5,000. And they were supposed to pay my royalties, but they didn't. And so there is never a point in time where it makes sense for you, the author. Okay, so you, you have to take into consideration you've spent however much on editing and getting your book cover design together and, and getting this whole package together with whoever you went through. And now you're telling me after paying all of that, that you still have to pay the person who helped you put your book together. Yeah, that makes no sense. Like you're just forever going to be in the negative. Right. And it's 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 unfortunate, um, you know, to say this, but a, a lot of authors do not make their money back for different reasons. But one of the reasons is once they do publish their book, they either just expect people to buy it or they think that whatever company they went with is just going to do all the legwork. And that's why from the beginning, we let authors know, hey, you got to, you know, you got to post early. You got, we give people social media files, right? right. Um, we go to, we just went to a book festival, shout out to Dallas and the Deltas for a fantastic festival mm -hmm. up in Dallas, right? Um, we, we do those things to help authors get sales. But at that festival was also Ashley the author of Kyler Can't Find Her Nose. That 
is what authors need to be doing is getting out there, showing your face and selling your book. Because after all that investment, you want to get your money back and more. So you have to be out there. And so to have this extra legwork, to have this extra grind after your book is put together and think it makes sense to still share your royalties when this is your book will never make any sense. Right. And I say that it's very important when you're going with the publisher to pay attention to the contract. The contract, that's where you will find little words in there that'll, you know, that'll kind of screw you over, but you're not realizing that you're getting screwed over. So it's important to read over the contract very closely and carefully um, when you are working with the publisher, because that's where a lot of the authors that we've come in contact with, that's where they get screwed over. They didn't read the contract in full or they just signed something, not thinking, oh, this person's out here to get me. We even tell our authors to closely read the contract and to ask any questions before they sign. Um, Although we do have in our contract, you will keep 100% of the royalties at all times. It's important to, again, read over that contract. And to touch a little bit on royalties and things like that, um, the only time that you're really getting 100% of royalties is when you do sell your own book, you know, and um, this is going to book festival events. So for example, you print your books in bulk. Say you go to a local printer and you spend X amount of dollars printing your book. You have paid for those printed books. So now you can take your books and you can do whatever you want with them, whether that's giving them out or selling them on your own website or going to book festival events and selling them there. Once you're at those events or even on your site, you are listing your book and you're telling people, you know, you're paying $10 for my book. You're keeping that. That's 100% of royalties. Now, when you list your book on sites such as Amazon slash Kindle Direct Publishing, Barnes and Noble, Apple Books, they, as the company, will keep royalties. So, for example, Amazon, KDP, if you list your ebook on there, you have the option of choosing the 35% royalty plan or the 70% royalty plan, meaning you keep 70% or you keep 35%. Now you're probably asking, why would anyone pick the 35% plan and why is that even an option? Well, it's there because they give you the option to list your ebook at any price that you want from starting at like 99 cents all the way up to $200. Um, And then the 70% royalty plan, they give you a range. And the range is from like $2.99 to $9.99 at the max. So that's why they have that option of the 35% plan or the 70% plan. Now, when listing your book under print, it's a set royalty plan of 60%. So they don't give you an option. But with this, you can list your book at any price. Um, So just keep that in mind when listing your book on different sites. I know Barnes & Noble has their own royalty plan as well. 
it's so for ebook it's 70 percent um that you keep and then for print it's 55 percent and also keep in mind for printing through Amazon or Barnes and Noble, you have to subtract the printing costs per book. So if your book is um, $3 to print and you're only listing it for four, you're not making any money at all because all that money is going towards printing costs. So keep that in mind when listing the price for your book. Um, Apple Books, they don't offer printing, but they do offer eBooks, their royalty plan is a set 70%. So yeah, there's other sites that you can list your book on that have different royalty plans. But keep in mind the best way, in my opinion, to sell your book and to, to get the max amount of royalties is to go to live events and book festivals and signings and vendor pop-up shops. That's the best way to get your name out there and I think it's just better that, you know, you're selling your own product and who better to sell your product than yourself, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And and I think um, if it's okay with you, uh, I think maybe we need to have the second random topic be book festivals. Yeah. Um, from the author advice section. So before I started 105, I had about... 10 to 15 book festivals set up a year. And I told myself that I was willing to go within a 10 hour radius from at the time Toledo, Ohio to get my book sold. And so I was determined to make it to every place, every, every city that I could within that radius in order to get my book out there. Okay. Just like Patricia talked about a little bit earlier, I bought however many books from the printer. At that time, I believe my my margins were, I, I believe I, I paid about $5 or so, maybe a little bit less. Let's just call it $5. We'll call it $5 per book. I had bought a few hundred books. And so I knew that when I went to that festival and I sold my book for $10, that I was doubling my money. So I spent 5 and I made that five back and then also made an additional five. So I would double my money. So I always made sure at these book festivals, okay, a couple of things that you'll see that's pretty consistent. You'll have your table mat, right? Um, it doesn't have to have anything on it. Um, and again, some, some authors go with the, the table mats that are already at the event. They don't have their own. But, you know, let's we're going to we're going to try to be budget friendly here with with what we're suggesting. So stick with the table mat. You definitely want to go on a website like Canva and order yourselves either some business cards or even some pamphlets. Right. And people may think, OK, well, what the hell do I need pamphlets for? Right. Let's say your book, let's say your book is um, like our one author, Micah Goes to Therapy. Your pamphlet could be helpful tips for kids who are going through bullying, for example, right? That can be a takeaway that that individual, if it wasn't your book, 
that can be a takeaway that that individual who decided to walk to your table now has is beneficial for their child. And when they go through that and they close that pamphlet up, there's just a reminder of, hey, by the way, I have a whole book about this. I have a whole website about this. You can email me about this. I would love to talk to you, right? So you definitely want some sort of handouts. A retractable banner by far is my favorite thing to have at book festivals. Retractable banner of everything that I'm recommending is probably going to be the most expensive thing other than the books themselves, of course. But a retractable banner, people can see it from far away. So when you have that banner up, it's pretty tall. Um, and, and you can, uh, I don't know exactly how tall it is. I'm about 6'1", and, and the banner's a little bit taller than me. Um, and so when you're sitting down waiting for people to come over, they are seeing these banners from afar. And in my case, with my memoir being titled, I Used to Be Racist, a lot of people, I remember the most successful festival I had was in Pittsburgh, sold about 40 books. And I just had a great time that day. <laughs> and I remember the lady said, yeah, I saw your banner from like all the way over there. And I said, let me go see what this guy's about. He's crazy. Right. <laughs> it was perfect. And she ended up buying one of my books. So a banner is perfect because you're speaking to people who aren't even there yet. Okay. And then out of all those things, the the table mat, if you'd like, the pamphlet, the business cards, or attractable banner, which I find to be number one. Number two is candy. <laughs> candy is a drug for kids. It is a drug for parents. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people literally would come to the table, and even now, because we put candy on the table now when we yes. go to events, how many kids or parents, but specifically kids, will see that candy, they are now forced to come over to the table, right? The kids ran over to the table, they saw a Snickers. Now the, the parent sees the kid run over to the table, now the parent's at the table. There you go, that's exactly what you wanted. You wanted that close interaction, and you wanted the opportunity to be able to potentially sell your product. Yes, and you have you have their attention right there. So all you have to do is just start speaking. You know, the first five seconds of interaction is with someone will determine you know how the rest will go. So it's important to address them, greet them, you know, greet the kids as well. Make sure you acknowledge that the kid is there, especially if you're selling children's books. Um, that's very important. Another thing that I find very important to have when going to book festival events is different forms of payment. So some people might think, oh, I'll just bring cash and that'll be fine. Well, in this day and age with COVID, of course, people aren't carrying cash as much as you think. Um, yes, there's still people that do, but a lot of people are using their cards. So uh, 105 uses sum up, which is like a um, arrival to Square, but a lot of people they have Cash App, Square, um, even PayPal. You can create a free account on PayPal, and I'm sure they have some type of card reader you can get. Um, but having that electronic payment option is very important because you might get someone that just doesn't have cash but really wants to buy your book, 
and you're sitting there like, oh, no, I only accept cash. Well, there, you just lost out on a potential customer. And you can even tell them, oh, well, you can buy my book online. But again, that's where we talk about the royalties. If you're telling them to go on Amazon to buy your book, you're not getting the same amount in royalties that you would get at this book festival event when you're using a card or cash. So it's very important to have different forms of payment um, when going to these events, especially with COVID right now. Yeah, and that's that's a really good point because even at the festival in Dallas, um, I remember people not only using different types of cards, Discover, Visa, MasterCard, but then the one lady only had Cash App, right? And then if you definitely want to do cash, right, you also don't want to do the opposite. You don't want to say, I just have a card reader. I don't have any change for you because you do have those people of all ages. But um, what I noticed was definitely the more mature crowd uh, did pay us in cash. Um, So you definitely want to have enough bills for them, even if you want to just go to the bank and get, you know, $50 or $100 um, and, and fives and ones so that you can provide change for any amount really. Um, and so that's definitely big to have different forms of how you take payments. Keep in mind, and this, this really confuses me even till today. I mean, I guess I kind of get it, but not really. Some people are going to tell you at these festivals, I prefer to get on Amazon. It's like, they trust Amazon more than you, although it's still your book. Right, and you're right there. <laughs> and, and and you're right there, and, and you can sign it and everything. One of the biggest tactics that I tell authors is always put whatever's on your book and whatever you're selling your book for online, always put that price higher, okay? So you're always going to put your book at, for example, let's say you know, I don't want to sell my book any less than $10. Have on your ISBN and barcode on the back, have $12.99 or $13.99 on there. Because it's from a kind of a psychology standpoint of this is what it was and this is what it is, right? So if I don't buy it now, it'll be $13.99. But if I buy it now, then not only do I save some money, but then I get a picture with the author, I get the signature, right? So a lot of people also love that. They love the, hey, I really want my author signature and saving money at the same time. So that is what we'll say for book festivals. Um, To touch on what I said in the very beginning, as far as traveling, it is okay to stay in your immediate area. That's perfectly fine. I guarantee you, if you have at least a somewhat big city that's not too far away, you'll be able to find enough events. Um, And they don't have to be book festivals. We have found a lot of success at non-book festivals as well. And the, in our opinion, obvious reason is because there's less competition. Right. When you're at a non-book festival... The person to the left of you is selling nails and the person to the right of you is selling candles and you're selling books. It's a it's a perfect situation. There's not much competition. I don't have we been to a non book festival event where we saw 
another author? Not to, not that I recall. I think we're we're just so focused on book festival, book festival that we don't even think how beneficial these other type of festivals can be. Right. Even reaching out to your local bookstores, um, your fan, your independently owned bookstores, even reaching out to your local library to see if you can do a book signing. I know there's one here in Austin that has different packages and they even offer to market your book for you. You can, you can pay a little bit to get it on the front shelf and to be displayed in the front. Just looking out for your local bookstores not only helps you, but it helps them as well. Being able to bring money into them and to yourself is just, you know, giving back, giving back to your community. So definitely reach out and find some local bookstores near you to see if you can host an event. Yeah, so I, I think we um, we touched on both of those topics. Um, so in, in conclusion, when it comes to royalties, you do want to pay attention to how much you are getting in the end. That's whether you put it on places like Amazon or Barnes and Noble, or you're working with a publisher that does um, take a percentage of your royalties for bringing your book on, aka a traditional publisher only, not any hybrid or anything like that, that not only asks you to pay, but then they also take a percentage, right? So that's one thing you want to pay attention to. And as far as book festivals are concerned, my biggest advice is, if possible, definitely be willing to travel because it's so, so wonderful to have people in different parts of the United States who I personally know have my book. And I can say, hey, this lady in Denver, this person in Brooklyn, this other person in uh, Nevada um, has my book simply because I was willing to travel or while I was at these other cities, other people were traveling. And so they took my book with them. So definitely, um, a good thing to do when it comes to wanting to get your book out there. You want to attend book festivals and non book festivals. This has been another episode of the one Oh five way podcast. You can tune in every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. Talk to you soon.